It's only a year till the US presidential election. In Miami, tomorrow night, the Republican Party's wannabes meet for yet another debate come slugging match. But Donald Trump can be pretty confident of his party's nomination, as can President Biden. But could there be a comedy triple? The Democrats are frightened that I'm going to spoil the election for President Biden. And the Republicans are frightened that I'm going to spoil it for President Trump. A dynastic Democrat forging a new path. Bobby Kennedy Jr. is running, not as a Democrat anymore for the White House, as an independent. A, a shocking development. Any other news day, this would be the lead story. This isn't a story about a possible president. Ask not what this election can do for Bobby Kennedy Jr., but what Bobby Kennedy Jr. could do for this election. You're listening to Stories of Our Times, from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, meet Robert Kennedy Jr., the election wildcard. I'm David Charter. I'm the US editor of The Times, based in Washington, D.C., Take us back a few weeks, I think it was, to Philadelphia. You were there on the Independence Mall to see a candidate give a speech. Who was he and, and what was he saying? I've traveled millions of American miles across my career. And to quote Tennyson, I am part of all whom I have met. For 40 years, Americans across the country have fortified me with their courage and their idealism. So this is Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. He's a member of the famous Kennedy family, which has long been allied with the Democratic Party. But this was an event for RFK Jr., as he's known, or just Bobby, to declare his run as an independent for president. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. candidate for president of the United States. And was there a reason that he was in Philadelphia doing this? I mean, was there any significance in that? It was chosen because this is the scene where the founding fathers made the declaration of independence for the country. I'm here to join you in making a new declaration of independence for our entire nation. Because he says that this party system is broken in America and he's going to lead the country to a new promised land of independent-minded and independent, free of the political parties, politics that the Mm. country badly needs, in his view. I'm going to tell you this secret. I am no enemy to the people of the two-party establishment, because guess what? They don't believe in it anymore either. And what did you make of it when you were there? I mean, was it was it a big crowd? Was it an engaged crowd? Thinking of all the different speeches you must have been to around the US. It wasn't terribly well attended, considering that it was a public holiday. And it was in the centre of Philadelphia, a large city. He probably got about 1,500 to 2,000 people who came along. A hardcore, I would say, of about 800 to 900, maybe 1,000 people who were really there to see him and other sort of curious passers-by who stopped to watch the speech. And what is he like as a speaker? Because he comes from a, from a long line of, of incredible orators, but he's got a unique, distinctive voice. The first thing to say is that he does have a, 
a slightly strained and strange-sounding quavering voice, and that's because he does suffer from a physical condition called spasmodic dysphonia. In 1996, when I was 42 years old, I got struck with a disease, a neurological disease, an injury uh, called spasmodic dystonia, and it makes my voice tremble. His speech is affected by that, but notwithstanding how unusual his voice sounds, he's a very charismatic and persuasive speaker. Democracy comes when people choose to exercise their power. And so I'm asking you today to join me in exercising the sovereign choice of a democratic people. Are we ready to win? And what kind of people are they, the people in in his crowd? I did mix with the crowd a bit and talk to some of the people who came along, and some of them came a very long way. One woman had come from Washington State across the other side of the country that I spoke to. And she uh, was in her 50s. She had voted twice for Trump, but she was disenchanted with the party system and wanted a change and really believed in RFK Jr.'s message of returning power back to the people and taking on big corporations, taxing the rich, to try and bring a more of a sense of community or society to America, if you like. Mm. We declare independence from the corporations that have hijacked our government. And we declare independence from Wall Street, from big tech, from big pharma, from big ag, from the military contractors and their lobbyists. And it's people who often have flipped between parties looking for a home in the two-party American system that haven't really found what they're looking for, and others who are disenchanted with what we're facing, which is Joe Biden will be in his 80s, Donald Trump... Uh, in his late 70s, and it looks very much like they're going to be presented to the electorate as the main candidates. Let's discuss who he actually is. RFK, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Bobby Kennedy Jr. If we're thinking about the, the Kennedy tree, where does he fit into it? So RFK Jr. is the third of 11 children of Bobby Kennedy, a prominent member of the Kennedy clan who served as Attorney General of the United States, appointed by his brother, President Kennedy, JFK, and eventually Bobby Kennedy Sr. became a senator who ran for president, but was assassinated in 1968 in California. Very poignantly, RFK Jr. was a teenager at the time. He was 14. Uh, he was rushed on a plane to California and was at his father's side when he died. The Kennedy family has this extraordinary history of amazing wealth and achievement, but also terrible tragedy carried out in, in the glare of public life. The patriarch, Joseph Kennedy, was the father of JFK and Bobby Kennedy, 
He considered a run for president in 1940. He was a very prominent Democrat, but he, he ended up being made ambassador to London in the early stages of the Second World War. And he was the one who built up this extraordinary political family with ambitions for his sons to take these leadership roles that he nurtured throughout their lives. Mm. And looking through RFK Jr.'s campaign website, I mean, there are photos of the Kennedys everywhere. There's even a point where in bold he says, I am a Kennedy American. And there's a photograph of his father reclining on a sun lounge, it looks like, with his top off, um, as well as the wealth and the political connections. I mean, he's sort of trading on the family charisma, which they were so well known for, the celebrity aspect of it as well. Very much so. The Kennedy name still has enormous cachet in America and resonates strongly. The phrase Kennedy Democrat carries an extra layer of meaning, which refers to the state of the Democrat Party really in the 60s, when it was perceived to be a, a more broader and less perhaps woke liberal party that it's uh, allegedly become now. It's harking back to, if you like, a golden age of the country under JFK and a golden age of the Democratic Party, which perhaps had more broader appeal, at least in RFK Jr.'s mind. And that's what he's trying to evoke when he uses the phrase Kennedy Democrat. Let's talk about his background, RFK Jr. For a long time, he was a lawyer interested in the environment. Is that right? Very much so. He graduated from Harvard, the LSE and the University of Virginia, uh, eventually becoming a lawyer, although he had a struggle with drugs as a young man. But when he'd been through rehab, he eventually passed the bar exams in the mid-80s and joined an organisation called Riverkeeper. I spent about a month walking little sections of this creek and I found about 24 different polluters. I photographed them. I sat by pipes all night long, waiting for it to discharge. I took samples. I got analysis done. And I then brought lawsuits on behalf of the fishermen against all 24 polluters. This was a campaign to clear up pollution in America's waterways, which RFK Jr. became strongly identified with and spent a large part of his career basically suing polluters all along the Hudson River, the Long Island Sound and other famous waterways and can claim personally to have helped really clear up a lot of American waters from pollution. So he's really made his name as an environmental lawyer, but also it led on to him joining an organisation called the Children's Health Defence Campaign. And this has become very well known for its scepticism of claiming that certain vaccines cause autism or even conditions like cancer and certainly other disorders and allergies. Nobody's explaining why do all our kids have diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis? Why did autism drop from 1 in 10,000 in Europe, my generation, to 1 in 34 in the vaccine generation? Why did food allergies suddenly appear in 1989? They're all coming from vaccines. He's become the chairman of this campaign and very well known, if not notorious, in America for vaccine scepticism, which really became a big deal during the COVID-19 pandemic, of course. 
And isn't that ultimately what we all want? Liberation, liberation from a system that robs us of our wealth, our health, our hope, our patriotism, our ideals, our freedoms. In a much broader sense, his scepticism really taps into a strong vein of American thinking, which we saw during the pandemic, Hmm. of course, where millions of voters are very sceptical of what the government wants them to do. And also of the corporations which are making billions of dollars off of vaccination campaigns, for example. And a broader part of RFK Jr.'s platform is to try and wrestle power back for, if you like, ordinary folk from large corporations. So breaking up monopolies or quasi-monopolies, allegedly rig prices and, and make life more expensive in America. The country is sitting aside on, on top now of a powder keg. Americans are angry at being left out, left behind, swindled, cheated and belittled by a smug elite that has rigged the system in its favour. So he's drawing from both sides to try and create what you might call populist, you might just call it citizen-focused positions that, uh, that he takes. But of course also the big party machines are part of this powerful uh, system that he's rebelling against. Yeah. That's what he is. He's a maverick and a rebel who doesn't really fit into the big parties easily, but does attract a lot of people who have previously voted for the big parties but have become mm-hmm. disenchanted. And when you say maverick, all these ideas that we've discussed that he's putting out there, he isn't necessarily doing it in the most uncontroversial way. I mean, he has stuck his foot in it, saying some quite outlandish things. RFK Jr.'s rhetoric does get pretty hyperbolic. Again, it's a sort of echo of of the Trump approach that he famously said at an anti-vaccination rally in, in Washington last year. Even in Hitler, Germany, you could, you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. This, of course, brought outrage from across the spectrum, but uh, not least from the Auschwitz Memorial Fund put out a criticism of this on Twitter, sort of saying to exploit the tragedy of those who suffered in the Holocaust to criticise a vaccine was a sad symptom of moral and intellectual decay. How did he end up running as, a, as an independent candidate? I mean, was it ever going to be on the cards that he would try and follow the family firm and seek the Democratic nomination? For several months, RFK Jr. took part in the Democratic primary as a Democrat. Even at his event, when he came out as an independent candidate, his members of his staff were giving out their old cards, which were saying RFK and Kennedy Democrat. But... What happened was the Democratic National Committee, the powers that run the party, have really tried to squash any threat to Biden during election year, during the primary campaign, and have refused to organise debates, such as we're seeing on the Republican side. But moreover, I think that he was getting the same private polling that we're beginning to see publicly now, which is that a lot of his donors are actually former Trump donors. And Mm. so he really has a a broader appeal. And to 
pick up the most voters possible and he needed to drop the Democratic label and to yeah. go all in for former Republican votes. Which is a big thing for a Kennedy to do, to leave that party. And obviously we can't pick the brain of, of Bobby Senior or Uncle Jack. But what about the remaining Kennedys? What have they made of this shift? John F. Kennedy's grandson, not mincing words when it comes to his cousin, RFK Jr.'s 2024 run. I've listened to him. I know him. I have no idea why anyone thinks he should be president. What I do know is his candidacy is an embarrassment. This really was a huge deal, as you say, for the family. And he's fallen out with several of his siblings. As we say, he has he had 10 siblings. Unfortunately, two of them have died young, but he's got eight remaining siblings and not one of them has come out in support of his campaign. Several of them are just keeping quiet, but uh, four of them came out and, and signed a statement, actually, that was released on the day that he declared his independent run. And they said that the decision of our brother Bobby to run as a third-party candidate against Joe Biden is dangerous to our country. Bobby might share the same name as our father, but he does not share the same values, vision or judgment. His announcement is deeply saddening for us. Coming up, could Robert Kennedy Jr. inflict any damage on Biden or Trump or both? That's in a moment. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. David, we're looking at RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Bobby, standing as an independent. We heard a moment ago the statement from some of his siblings saying that him standing is is dangerous. Do independents ever have much of an impact in these races? If you're not the Republican or Democratic candidate, does anyone care? The first thing to say is that independents rarely win an American presidential election. So famously, the only true independent who has become president was George Washington himself. Ah. When he left office, he gave a valedictory speech in which he warned of the dangers of party politics, uh, sullying American democracy. And very, very few have got anywhere close to the White House since, unless they are in some way allied with a party. Not every president has been a full-on candidate of his party, but they have been party members normally. Mm. That said, the independents have over the years caused quite a stir 
in fact, it was the 68 election where George Wallace picked up a, a few states when he broke away from the, the Democratic Party. But in more recent times, Ross Perot was a famous uh, businessman who picked up a large chunk of the vote. He didn't carry any states. Five and a half million people came together on their own and put me on the ballot. I was not put on the ballot by either of the two parties. I was not put on the ballot by any PAC money, by any foreign lobbyist money, by any special interest money. This is a movement that came from the people. There's some argument that he helped Clinton to win, although I think that's now been discredited. But even in more recent times, independents such as the Green candidate, Ralph Nader, if I was worried about whether Gore or Bush were going to be elected, would I be running for president to establish a progressive political reform movement before and after November 7th, which is what we're trying to do? Nader picked up many more votes than the winning margin in Florida in 2000, when George Bush won by the narrowest of margins in Florida, uh, which was the decisive state that allowed George W. Bush to become president. And so the Green Party candidate has been blamed by Democrats for Al Gore not becoming president in 2000. And what a consequential election that was just a few months before 9-11, of course. Hmm. So thinking about the effect that RFK Jr. might have then, I know you said that he seems to be drawing more from previously Trump-backing, Republican-backing donors. What about voters? And is it just going to be a sort of raw numbers game in terms of voters he might steal from any one party? Or are, or are there states where he might have a particular impact? What RFK Jr.'s entry really does is to complicate and confuse the election because we were already finding in opinion polling that majorities of American voters weren't really keen on voting for either Biden or Trump, who are the likely candidates. Yeah. What we're seeing develop for next year's election is, is actually several independent or third party challenges seem to be coming up because of the general dissatisfaction with the state of American politics. And the more who enter the race, the more this could muddy the waters for Biden and Trump. And we know that both the last two elections have been decided by half a dozen swing states that have been really close. So anything that comes in as a disruptive element into those states is going to cause political mayhem, actually, and make the outcome even more unpredictable. Can we sense that RFK Jr. actually has even a sort of an amount of support that would be able to do that, if that makes sense? There haven't been that many opinion polls that have really got good information on a three-way battle between Biden, Trump and RFK Jr. Mm. But one of them that did found that Kennedy was on 14%, which is a pretty big chunk of the electorate and yeah. would be really one of the biggest votes for an independent, certainly since Ross Perot 30 years ago. The Democrats are frightened that I'm going to spoil the election for President Biden. And, and the Republicans are frightened that I'm going to spoil it for President Trump. The truth is, they're both right. My, my intention is to, is to spoil it for both of them. 
when it was a three-way contest, it had Trump on 40, Biden on 38, and Kennedy on 14. So you can see that uh, without Kennedy there, that's way more than the than the difference between the two main contenders. So yeah. he's clearly causing a big a big effect. But I have to say at the moment, there's a lot of dispute about exactly who is going to benefit and who isn't. And and yes. what we've seen in just in recent days actually is that more of Trump world is seems to be getting nervous and is coming out and branding RFK Jr. as a typical Democrat. Uh, He wants to have high taxes, for example. It's the first indication we've had of real nervousness in the Trump Mm. camp that actually here's a guy who could take votes from Trump. And has he publicly acknowledged that role that he might play? Or is he saying, I'm running for president and I'm going to win and hasn't made reference to this sort of disrupting angle? Today, we turn a new page in American politics. There have been independent candidates in this country before, but this time it's going to be different. Because because this time, the independent is going to win. No, he's very much enjoying... Uh, the attention that he's that he's getting and the disruption that he's causing from both sides, and he's basically said he welcomes support from either side of the of the political spectrum because he's trying to create a new sort of movement that breaks with the old party system. He wants to disrupt it and break it up. In one sense, that may mean that. Yes, he's got to argue that he can win and become president and set out his presidential goals. But equally important, I think, to an RFK junior is to try and almost smash the the big power centres that are held in, in these parties and to try and teach them a lesson that they've got to be more responsive to ordinary voters. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Luke Jones, and my guest, US editor for The Times, David Charter. David will be covering tomorrow's Republican debate, so you can read all about it at thetimes.co.uk if you have a subscription. The producer was Edward Drummond, the executive producer is Fiona Leach, and sound design was by Hannah Varrell. Thoughts, suggestions, compliments, complaints to the email storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM. 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.